Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the One Stiletto in the Grave June Spencer Special. Um, now, I know we're on a summer break and we've only just started it, but yesterday, the divine Sonny Ormond was all over the telly and the radio talking about the retirement of June Spencer, who plays Peggy Archer in The Archers, Peggy Woolley in The Archers, and has indeed done so for about a thousand years and has retired at the age of 103. Hello, Sonny. How are you after all of your media appearances? If you would like to hear more about June Spencer and me chatting about Dear June and my wonderful memories with her in the studio, then please tune in to uh, my podcast, which is called One Stiletto in the Grave. I share it with my wonderful friend, um, Janie James. She's a writer. Um, she's also a great archers addict. And we talk all things archers and many other things too. Um, and as I say, we talk a lot in our last podcast uh, about June Spencer. Um, in fact, the podcast really is inspired by Lillian's approach to life and who sees the day and you're never too old to tank it. <laughs> we talk all sorts of things. Uh, so please, please tune in to the podcast, the one that Lillian Bennett would love to listen to. <laughs> Bye, darlings. <laughs> This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Gorgeous Nova, I'm your great-grandmother, and I am honoured to meet you. <laughs> Jill's always said it, but I never quite understood what she meant, not until now. Mm -hmm. Twins are special. All babies are special, but twins, yes, there's something else, isn't there? You know they'll have a special connection, yes. and that it will last a lifetime. You see it with Lily and Freddie. They know what each other's thinking and feeling. <laughs> even if they don't want to. Absolutely. And Shula and Kenton, even now. <laughs> yeah, poor Shula. Indeed. 
and you two little girls. You will always have each other. It's a comforting thought. This can be a hard, lonely world if we know that. We do. But not for these two beautiful little stars. Nova and Saren. Such perfect names. Ren is here with them, you know. Do you think? Oh, yes, Tony. I can feel it. These two babies are really three. That's really lovely, Mum. Thank you. That was a dum-de-dum, but a very special one. It's a dum-de-dum with R. June Spencer, a.k.a. Peggy Woolley, delivering one of her last scenes. So if that was a dum-de-dum, this is dum-de-dum, the show about the reality darky drama that is sent on an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the waste man, that is Royfield Brown, and today I'm joined by... The designated average-aged Archers listener in San Gwen in Stormy Brittany. We are largely dedicating this show to the legend that is June Spencer, and we have been lucky enough to receive calls from several cast members who have worked with June over the years. You'll be hearing messages from the one and only Graham Seed, a.k.a. Nigel, Sonny Ormond, who plays Lillian, Peggy's daughter, and our wonderful Susie Rudell, who plays Tracy Horobin. This week's Dumpty Dum tune is from Stephen Bowden, a very melancholic tune which was played underneath that speech from our Peggy. And on this episode, we're lucky enough to hear... What's that in the background? Oh, (laughs) Julia. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I have my dog. I'm missing a dog walk. (laughs) They are missing a dog walk. (laughs) And she's decided to put herself here. Stop it, Julia. Julia, calm down. Thank you. (sighs) Right, start again. This week's Dumpty Tum tune is from Stephen Bowden, and that was played behind that little scene from our Peggy. And on this episode, we are lucky enough to hear from lots of caller inners, which is fantastic. There was Al Witherspoon, Jen, Glenn Love, Fuller Love, Andy Liggins, very briefly. Plus, if you get all the way to the end, and why wouldn't you? Because this is a chock-a-block exciting tribute episode. We're going to have Tweet of the Week from our Purple Pumpkin and the social media roundup from our wonderful Stephen Bowden, he of the numerous Dumby Dum intros. And, we, of course, we're going to welcome our new Facebook members. And we have quite a few this week. And if you didn't know already, your favourite podcast was mentioned in the Radio Times. It's probably the reason why we have so many new members this week. But first, let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Sue, the Queen or Tart. Hello, lovely people. It's Sue here, Queen or Tart on the Twitters, and another week in Ambridge. This week, I have to say, was not Chelsea's finest hour, or even 78 minutes. She might have just killed Ardil's guest by ignoring the nut allergy... She scraped Gemma's car and was downright rude. So she behaved like a teenager, really. She sounds really awful when she cries. At least Tracy's come clean with her and she knows that Jazza is one of the good guys. Let's try to forget Jazza nearly getting Tracy sacked. Tracy really needs to calm down, especially with the cricket team, or I predict there will be riots. The worst experience of this week was listening to Russ. 
He was so blooming reasonable listening to Chelsea and empathising with her, then pleading her case to A, not to get sacked with Freddie, and B, to get her to go to the cops. Though she's not going, Dan, apparently. She just has to apologise to the woman who is making her mum's life hell. I guess she did get off lightly. Can't help but questioning Russ's motives. Creepy, creepy little man. Best bit of this week is we've got Joy back. Hurrah! She is a genuinely kind person and we've missed her little ways. She's going to go to the rescue at the festival and we heard her tuition session with Pat packing up bottles and having an education on the card machine, though I assure you the novelty will wear off trying to get the card machine to work before the end of the day. Joy had her interrogator hat on while talking to Ardil. Can we hope that he will find out about Rochelle? Joy's letter was in the postbox and has now gone up in flames. Oh, I did feel with for her with the thought of losing photographs. I also hope that Joy will interrogate him about the owners of Grey Gables and his past. Maybe Ardil will be using his psychic powers or Lillian's crib notes. Lindy Bottom was masterful in her manipulation of him and of Harrison. The thought of Russ kicking a ball at him. Oh. And finally, we only heard one side of a conversation between Pat and Peggy and reported at that. But Pat felt like Peggy was making her peace with her. It's about time. She and Tony agree that Peggy's an extraordinary woman and so is June Spencer and the archers will proper miss her. Well, until next week then. Thank you for that, Sue. Don't know about you, but I thought that's a little bit truncated this week, but you know what? Small but perfectly formed. Normally, at this point, we have a little bit of verbiage, don't we? And we chat about, mm, how would you into the week in Ambridge, blah, 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 blah. Let's not do any of that, because we have a tribute or 15 to get through. Hello, Ambridge 3962. First off, let's go to our Susie Riddell, who I know we all know that she plays Tracy Horribin, but actually started in the show in the 90s as... As Kate. This is Susie's call. All right, Tracy here. No, it's not Tracy, it's Susie today. Hello, does this mean I'm actually a caller in Because that is very exciting. The wonder that is June Spencer... She is a legend in her own lifetime. I think I will start with my entry into the programme, which was in 1989, because even then, even back then, June was the matriarch of the programme. I mean, she probably always has been, really. I mean, I was quite intimidated by everyone, to be honest, but particularly by June, because she was playing my grandmother and she was the matriarch of the Archer family. But quite a lot of my early scenes as Kate were with June and she was lovely and I learned so much from her. A particular thing I remember was in the script, Kate had to kiss her grandmother on the cheek. So, of course, I duly obeyed the stage directions and gave her a kiss on the cheek and that was take one and at the end of the the take June turned to me and said that was very nice dear but in radio we kiss our hands so I learnt how to radio kiss from June Spencer 
that's quite something, isn't it? So I did then kiss my hand afterwards and, and, and it's proven a very useful skill to have as we've not been able to be anywhere near each other recording for the last couple of years. So thank you, June. But not just radio kissing. I mean, everything about radio drama. She is utterly brilliant with the microphone and a consummate professional. And even at the age of 103, there is not a single word wasted when you listen to a Peggy scene. She imbues every line with something, with an emotion, with with an intention. She's just absolutely brilliant. And her Peggy is so fantastic. I I love listening to her because she's got she's really got the level of everybody. That's what I, I feel. And she can be bitingly witty. She can be quite ferocious. Well, not maybe not ferocious. She's fit. She's certainly fierce, but in that quiet way that's very unsettling. And she can put everyone in their place. And she she kind of gets everyone, doesn't she? She kind of knows what's going on. And and she's very, very funny. She's 103 and she's just retiring. She's iconic, I think, and a real example to us all. She's actually, I would say, quite very quiet in the, the green room. I know she's got some some wonderful tales to tell. She's never kind of plays the top dog, although she is definitely the top dog. I'm very sad that Tracy never had a scene with her, but I'm so glad that I did get the chance to work with her when I played Kate. Thank you. Peggy is such a wonderful creation. I mean, this is incredibly long, so I'm sorry about that, guys. But thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you for that. Susie, what are your thoughts and feelings when it comes to June Spencer? And just just before you answer, I have to say, my goodness, aren't our Dum Dum listeners a perceptive bunch? So many last week realised, or at least speculated, with that scene that, wait on a minute, we're not going to see, this is it, isn't it? This felt like they were writing her out. And then, of course, there was the line about Pat talking about her, her as a mother. I must admit, I just listened to it and just thought it was just a wonderful scene. But people did pick up on um, the nuance there that uh, this was her basically bowing out. But Peggy Archer, Peggy Woolley, thoughts and feelings, Jacqueline Berto. <laughs> well, as an actress, June Spencer, absolutely fantastic. As a character, Peggy Woolley, I've, I go through love-hate relationships with her because I think she was a mean, mean lady with her children. She's manipulative and quite old schoolish, but manipulative. But for me, the overriding story that made me like her was when Jack had started to have dementia and dealing with that. And recently I read an article about her, not just this week, a few months ago, saying that actually she just lost her husband to Alzheimer's at the same time. And so, and you felt that she was empathetic and she she could deal with it. So, you know, it changed my view of her from a long-term view of a bit of a, oh God, a bit of a pain. I think I'm about the only person who actually just liked Peggy. And, you know, I, I said it a, a thousand times on on this show. But if you think of her as a character coming from the East End of London after the war, coming to, to Ambridge, it's a completely different way of life. And for her to have lived the life that she has and she ends up with grandchildren who are half South African. She has a grand, great grandchildren, sorry, who are half South African. She has Kate as a granddaughter. She goes through the the relationship that she had with her first Jack, which was abusive and he was an alcoholic. She had to 
fundamentally run the ball. And then she she has her golden years with her second Jack, who just adored her, who who chased her for quite some time before she actually said yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just think, what a life. And, you know, she comes as a working class woman and builds this really strong family around her. She becomes the matriarch and and a woman of some financial largesse. And I just think, wow. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Absolutely. Wow. But isn't it interesting, the contrast between her and Jill, who is also a matriarch Mm -hmm. of a certain age and obviously doesn't have the same financial largesse that uh, Peggy has, but she's come from on the outside. She was a saucepan saleswoman or something like that at the beginning. And then, you know, she's built up this big family around Ambridge. So I think the contrast between the two of them is quite interesting. You know, I did know that she was a saucepan. (laughs) <laughs> she might be a cookery demonstrator, but oh God, I've not done my research. No, I? No, no, I was off the top of my head, you see. But you know what, though? But you've done some level of research. That's what that <laughs> tells me. So well done. So no, 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 no flies on us this week. At least we, we've, we've read into the rooms uh, somewhat. Well, I heard about, heard about it standing in a queue. In the BBC canteen for lunch, I was doing another program and play at the time. And the girl I didn't know said to me, uh, Oh, you're going to be in the Archers, aren't you? And I said, Am I? What's the Archers? And apparently, uh, Godfrey Baisley had been uh, holding forth in the club and said, Oh, yes, we're going to have so and so for so and so, and June Spencer for Peggy. And I'd been cast before I even knew. He was a very strong character. We were to call him God, of course, not for Godfrey. I did a 15-minute interview with Sonny on Friday, and the interview got lost into the ether. And what was wonderful about that is that Sonny, who obviously played Lillian, her daughter, she talked about just the logistics of somebody who's 103 coming up to Birmingham to record the show. She said she still did it. You know, she came up from Guildford to record the show and was spending nights over at a hotel in Birmingham. And just, she still had that strength and that energy. She did actually, so the cast did actually know um, a little while ago that she was going to bow out. And what Sonny said was that June was really clear that Yes, she could still do the show, but she's really, but she was really worried about her voice, and she wanted to make sure that she didn't fade. Which I thought, you know, just showed you that a hundred and three somebody was still acting, delivering some of the best acting performances, but just said, you know what, I'm a hundred and three. I, I want to go out strong. In fact, um, uh, Sonny does a podcast been listening to for a little while now, along with other Archers actors, because Susie Riddle's, uh, Riddle does one as well. Uh, mm. But Sonny talked about that and did told exactly the same story in her podcast, which is called One Stiletto in the Grave, that she does with somebody else. So people want to hear your recorded interview with her, but via another means. <laughs> same <laughs> you, stories. You know, you, you're very good, Jacqueline Berta. You're, you're very smooth, because now I think we could actually go to Sunny and some of her thoughts and feelings about the wonderful June. 
Well, I just want to pay tribute to a real national treasure, June Spencer, 103 years old, who's just retired from the Archers and who's played my mum in the Archers for 22 years. I'm a bit devastated that she's leaving the programme, but I have many wonderful and very many, many happy memories. Um, in fact, it was the Duchess of Cornwall that said that June was a national treasure when we celebrated our 70th birthday at Clarence House in December and June cut the cake. It was a very proud moment for us for us all and a fitting a fitting party really to saying goodbye to her although at the time we didn't know that we were going to be saying goodbye to her. But I will really miss that on-air relationship because over the years we've built up a very good working relationship. We've had lots of storylines, domestic, funny, sad, and she's created some wonderful, wonderful moments on radio. We, when she started out in the 1950s, it was all live radio, really. And uh, in fact, the recording of the very first Archers was almost live, not quite. It was all a bit hairy and a bit scary, I think. In, in those days, you had to rehearse the scenes and then you had to record them scenes one after the other. And if you're fluffed, you had to go right back to the beginning of the recording. So, you know, you could be persona non grata if you didn't, if you didn't, you know, if you did fluff. And I think that's why she was always so professional in studio and always so on top of everything. I think it went back to those days when you had to be absolutely accurate. But yes, we will miss June so much in Ambridge. The Archers will never be quite the same. She has an OBE, she has a CBE. But wouldn't it be wonderful if she was made a dame? That would be a hat trick. It would indeed, and be a fitting uh, tribute to a wonderful career, which needs to. We need to remind people that she was in episode one of the yeah. Archers. Yeah, amazing. You know, in nineteen fifty-one, and something which Sonny said in the interview: many of the actors actually played two characters, and by the end of the fifties, she. I think she's playing Peggy then but then drops out and another woman comes in to play Peggy. And then, and I think she goes off to raise a family, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, but then comes back in the early 60s. So her time on the show, she hasn't always been in it the time she drops out, but still, she's in episode one. And here we are in 2022. And the only original cast member is, is now bowing out. But talking of cast members, we have all from R. Graham Seed, who was a cast member of some repute, and he would like to say some words about June Spencer. June, hello, it's Graham, it's Graham Seed. A voice from the past. I used to play Nigel, and it was always so nice to see you in the studio. We didn't do many scenes together, I don't think. I suppose, I suppose sort of Peggy didn't really know the Pargeters. You probably were very impressed, because the Pargeters were even posher than the Aldridge's and, and your own background. But look, I'm just wishing you a really happy retirement. You've given the Archers such, such service. And I remember always being so impressed about how perfectly dressed you were in the studio and how efficient and how brilliant. And you just knew exactly what to do. And I don't think you ever really had a retake, did you? I'm sending you huge love from afar. And thank you for being Peggy. And when I was Nigel, I always enjoyed working with you. Take great care and have a wonderful time. And for those of you who want to 
continued to read tributes to June. Graham penned an article in The Guardian last week where he talked about the institution that is June Spencer. Indeed he did. It was a lovely article. Isn't he on in a play somewhere? You are so smooth. Right, you are so smooth. You know, you know that he's emailed <laughs> us to say, oh, could you give a little plug to, to my show up in, in the Edinburgh Fringe? So here's that little plug. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Tim Walker's acclaimed Bloody Difficult Women played to packed houses at Riverside Studios in London. It sees the tumultuous political events of recent years played out in a power struggle between two determined women. It's an intensely human account of the case Gina Miller brought against Theresa May and makes for revealing often hilarious theatre. Directed by Stephen Unwin, joined Jessica Turner as Theresa May, Andrew Woodall as Paul Dacre, and Graham Seed as Sir Hugh Rosen in a brilliant production. The play runs until August the 28th in Edinburgh at the Assembly Rooms Ballroom. Tickets are available at assemblyfestival.com. Thank you for reminding us that we have obligations to friends of the show. Indeed. Miss Berto. Now, at this point, I'm going to quickly do this. The best and the easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash dum-de-dum. Don't forget the T in the middle. You can find the link in the show notes. And don't forget, we need your calls in by 6pm on a Sunday UK time, normally. Please keep your call to a minimum of two minutes and bear in mind that you need to be at least 18 to take part. 
Now, this is the People's Podcast as penned by one Quentin Rayner. So there are three ways of which you can help the People's Podcast. First off, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast you're listening to us on. And also, if you'd give us a five-star review, but only if you think we deserve it, we'd be hugely appreciated. And what we do do is we read out all reviews that come to us via Apple Podcasts. And finally, the third thing is that you could consider becoming a Patreon. Patreon is a way of tipping creators like us, and there are different levels with different rewards. So if you go to patreon.com, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search for Dum Dum, we'll be chuffed to bits to have your support. Now, I have some Patreon news. Jacqueline Berto, would you like to hear my Patreon news? I would love to hear your Patreon news. Um, Sonny, who plays Lillian, is going to do a Friday Zoom with us. Uh, she, it's going to happen in about a month's time. She's given me like three uh, various dates and of which she will join us on Zoom. And we'll just have a, we'll make sure it's about 7.30 so you can listen to fr- the Friday's Archers. Then you've got 15 minutes to get yourself settled in front of your laptop and, uh, and then join us for that Zoom. Now, this Zoom will only be for Patreons and I keep on forgetting the good people on PayPal that give us their support. So if ever there was an inducement for you to go, "Mm, I think I should do this, now is the time. So if you are a fan of this podcast, become a Patreon if you're not one already or a PayPal subscriber and you will get the exclusive link to be able to be part of that where you'll get to meet the woman who plays Lillian Bellamy. Here we are, coming out of the church. Don't we look happy? Of course we do. I was so lucky to find that dress, you know. It was just perfect. And that little apricot hat. And you so handsome in your morning suit. Here we are again. Do you remember my bouquet, Jack? Christmas roses, freesias, and the little winter berries. Oh, the cake. Caroline did us proud, didn't she, with the catering? (laughs) And talking of proud, look at Captain. Well, he had to match my going-away outfit, didn't he? We couldn't leave him out, so he had to have his blue bow tie. And there we go, driving away. Just married. But now, let's go back to our calls... And we've done Graham, we've done Susie, and we've done Sonny. Now let's go to one of our doyens, a legend. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. I think it's a great and very fitting idea to have a special show dedicated to June Spencer on her retirement after what has been an amazing 70-year career, 70-year-plus career in The Archers. Peggy has never been one of my favourite characters, but she has certainly been a very believable character, certainly someone of her generation, generally with conservative social attitudes, but but flexible enough to adapt to circumstances in her own family when when it's needed. I think June Spencer and Peggy's Finest Hour was when she was looking after Jack before he went into 
I can't remember whether it was the Laurels or another specialist, a specialist home, but certainly um, when she was going through the trauma of trying to look after Jack and it was all becoming far too much, that seemed very credible, very believable. And it was acted brilliantly by both June Spencer and I think it was Arnold Peters, who was the actor who played played Jack Woolley. So thank you to June for everything you've done for The Archers. Thank you to Dumpty Dum for the podcast. Keep it up, stay safe and speak again soon. Lovely call. That storyline with Jack, I know you, you mentioned it and it's also been mentioned by Glyn, but that really did resonate, didn't it? It really did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I mean, she handled it so well in such a difficult circumstance. So, yeah. Good call. Absolutely. And it was important, as you said, for the, to her because her husband had also succumbed to the disease. But it was also important, I think, because the the archers is this slice of real life, and very obviously dementia, Alzheimer's, is a condition which many of us are succumbing to as we live longer. And so many of the characters in the archers are elderly, so it's only right and proper that that storyline be be played out. And it was moving the way that it was actually portrayed in the show. And I remember speaking to Tim Bentink, who plays David Archer, and he said that Arnold Peters was this storied repertory actor in the last three years that he was coming up to the mailbox. He was suffering from dementia early onset. And he says, you know, he was being repetitive. And he said it, it, it was it was aware in the car. So that was a very difficult storyline for all concerned mm. that, you know, the script writers thought that we would need to address this, but it really did affect the cast. And, and, as, and as we said, affected June as well as very obviously Arnold because one was living with the disease and then one lived with their partner coming to it. You see those pretty shiny colours? That's enamel. You remember Ted? Um, Ted? Violet's husband. No? Well, anyway, Ted's been teaching me how to do enamelling. And I was wondering what to make. And I thought, I know. I'll make a birthday present for Jack. Oh, you're very kind. Shall I put it on for you? Oh, thank you. (laughs) Blue, like the bird. Oh, the blue tit on your card. On my card. Yes, it's just the same colour, isn't it? There, how's that? Oh, yes, that looks very nice. Very nice. (laughs) Now, you ready for some tea? Look. What? All the cards. (laughs) Oh, yes, what a lot of cards you've got. So many good friends who still remember your birthday. Aren't you lucky? Yes, aren't I lucky? Do we think there are other Archer's characters currently who might, the scriptwriters might take them down that line? I keep thinking about Jim. He's a very astute person who's suffered a a hard storyline already in the last few years. But he's of an age where 
It's interesting. Jim's an interesting character because Jim very much lives by his intellect. There are studies that show that if you can speak two languages, uh, you at least you offset Alzheimer's. There's something about the brain plasticity and he speaks Latin as well as English. that's true. So that's not to say that it can't happen because you can speak more, more than one language, but people who are multilingual at least it hits them at a later date <laughs> there's hope for me yet but <laughs> I, true that true that so anyway right. I, I, i'm i'm utterly no medical expert but interesting storyline though yes it, it is and one which is an ever-present in all of our societies so to your point the answer should be an unqualified yes it's just a matter of time before another character and who yeah yeah but but the question is is who the other thing is as well is of course how are they actually going to write june out and i guess i think she's going to go to the laurels and i think june the actor has said she wants to go to the laurels and but i reckon spending time with auntie christine she'll want to escape there pretty pretty quickly actually but she's gonna, she'll go to the laurels and then you know family members will go and visit but, yeah. they'll, but they'll come back and talk about what they said to her mm-hmm. and i'm guessing that when june spencer actually passes that's when she will then yeah i i agree i hope i I think someone called in to say something like that as well oh crumbs anyway enough speculation from me and us as to how our peggy is going to be written out of the longest running soap opera in the world let's go back to our caller in a res that we've had glenn now it's time for witherspoon Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Royfield, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. First, we raise a glass to June Spencer. I'm sure there will be many wonderful words spoken about her on the podcast today, so I'll just wish her a well-deserved retirement. I'll miss Peggy's outspokenness whether or not I agreed with her. I just wish we were given notice about June's last episodes so that we could have really savored her final scenes. I also hope that Peggy sticks around in the background doing her thing for as long as June Spencer is with us enjoying life. Now, on to the current goings-on in Ambridge. Russ enjoyed almost as good a week as Ardell did during the previous one. As an aside, I do want to mention that I really, really hope that Ardell is not a puppy kicker. That would be very upsetting. Now, I know Russ has never been very popular with us, but this week he actually stepped up to the plate. He's helping Chelsea and acting like a mentor. And I don't believe he's up to no good with her. So please, Russ, don't prove me wrong. Finally, a nitpick. I noticed that Natasha said to Pat, my father is bipolar. A person may have diabetes or HIV-related illness or hypertension or, in this case, bipolar disorder, but they are not their illness or defined by it. Uncle Kerry and other writers, please take notice. Talk to you soon. Thank you for that, Mr. Spoon. You know what? I've completely forgotten. Some stuff did actually happen in the arches last week, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, it did. And I agree with Witherspoon about Russ. I I don't trust the Russ character. And in fact, I was very, very cross having a teenage daughter at the time that when he got it, got together with Lily. I wasn't Lizzie, you know, shouting from the treetops about this abusive teacher. But I have to say, 
I did feel that he was very kind and mentorish to Chelsea this week and talked to her calmly, talked her down. Chelsea's got a lot to learn about life. Mm. When you called him mentorish, that sounded like you were damning him very slightly. Like he was not quite a mentor, but a pro. I thought he was absolutely the responsible adult who was doing utterly the right thing. I don't think it was mentorish, but I don't think you meant it in the way that I. No, I didn't. You've read it wrong. Yeah, yeah I meant good. Good. Being good. being a good acting as a mentor. Yes, and and I think we are slowly seeing the kind of rehabilitation of Russ, aren't we? Yeah. We are. And it's very much helped by the actor who has just got the most beautiful voice. And I know that makes him sound like a very smooth that can turn people off. But if we forget the backstory, you'd actually like him as a character, the way he handles Freddie, the way he handles Tracy with a great deal of snobbism at the beginning. And now he's handling Chelsea very well. I, I, you know, As a, a character, if we could ignore how he came in, if I could ignore how he came in, I would really quite start to be start be starting to like him. Absolutely. We're talking about accents because obviously they're ridiculously important on this program. There is a YouTube channel called Let Them Talk TV, and there's a wonderful guy called Gideon who talks about English in a very engaging way. He does a he's done an episode about British accents, between the difference between RP and posh. Utterly fascinating. Let them talk TV on, on YouTube. They're about 20 minutes in length. This guy is a total scholar when it comes to the English language. And did you know, Jacqueline Berto, that 1% of all English words are Dutch in origin? Golly gosh, I've, I've learned something today. There you go. Boss and booze would be but two. Moving swiftly on, that was Witherspoon, and yes, there was a week in Ambridge. But now, let's go to Andy Liggins, who has a very interesting take on maybe a future for our Peggy. Peggy was a bit annoying, but I do think her new role as the first ever female James Bond is a very good career move for her. There you go. Short and sweet. You heard heard it here first. And, and if she's going to be the first female James Bond at the age of 103, I think Jane Duty Dench should definitely be Q. So most definitely be be her boss. And, and that'd be fitting because we do know that girls run things, don't they? They do indeed. Indeed, it'd be perfect. When I said Q, did I mean M? Yeah, you I'm meant M, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I didn't want to correct you, although, or maybe I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> Isn't she already? Probably. Yeah, I think she is. I don't know. Didn't she leave? No, because now... Did she get blown up? Yes. Now it's somebody... It's what's his name? The other actor. The blokey actor who's all posh. Anyway, whatever. It's not not the archers. Let's just forget talking about James Bond. Exactly. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Andy. Move on. Uh, Now (laughs) our last quarter in this week is Jen, all the way over there from the Emerald Isle. Greetings here, Dummers. Jen here at Ambridge Pony Club, just calling in because I heard the news today that Peggy inevitably has retired from the show. I have to admit, I'm feeling pretty disappointed, but that's really unreasonable when the actress in question is 103 years old, kept going through a global pandemic, has always been crystal clear and spot on 
in everything that she's she's a phenomenal actress we'll definitely miss the voice also really going to miss peggy peggy's a wonderful character she's a little bit like the salt in ambridge it just won't be the same without her she's not always sweet she's not a cuddly granny she could be accused of having been guilty of playing power games with her children quite a lot of tough love but an incredibly strong woman who while always being out for number one has also been very loyal to her family and stuck up through them all through thick and thin. I really can't imagine Ambridge w without her. I think it's quite nice in a lot of ways that Kate ended up living with Peggy. Kate's another funny character but she does have her similarities to Peggy. She's perhaps what Peggy might have been had she not had such a tough upbringing. I don't know, I definitely see some parallels there, but definitely won't be the same without her. And wishing the actress all the best, I hope very much this is just that she wants to now go off and have a high old time doing something else and that she doesn't have any health issues or whatever. But yes, thank you so much for all your service, June Spencer, and what a phenomenal lady. There you go, uh, another fitting tribute from our Jen, the Ambridge Pony Club. says it all. It's very mm -hmm. good. So normally, after Caller Inners, you've gone to email Inners, but you people haven't sent us any. So please don't forget that the email facility now actually works. Quite simply, what you can do is go to dumdydum.com, hit contact us, and then you'll be able to send us an electronic missive or... If you want to write us a message, you can send us a text via WhatsApp. So you can go to plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six and pen us a message and it will get to us and we'll read that out on the show. Also, what you can do is also send us a voice note via WhatsApp as well. And we can also put that up. So if SpeakPipe is proving to be too daunting for you, I've gone to WhatsApp. It's plus four four if you're outside the UK, seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. And uh, that message will find its way on to next week's show. Now, if we have done all of that stuff, it's probably time to see what our Facebook group has been talking about this week. So let's find out as we sit back for the roundup of the goings on in the Dumby Dum Facebook group with our Stephen Bowden. Hello you two, Stephen here with the Social Media Roundup. In keeping with the theme for this week's show, I'll focus mostly on what members of the Dumpty Dum Facebook group had to say about Peggy. So let's kick things off with the big, if a little morbid, question. Mike Jennings asked, So, how should Peggy be written out? Languish at the laurels, as June Spencer suggested? Or something more dramatic? Contributions range from the gentle to the dramatic to the, what can I say, highly imaginative? A nice gentle passing at home, suggested Anne Wharton. Nicola McIntyre agreed. I think that she will gently pass at home now. Then all the kerfuffle with the window will cause the family to decide to dedicate the window to her instead. In the same camp, Fiona Goldsmith asked, Why do we have to have drama? Why indeed? Well, the BBC does call the Archers contemporary drama in a rural setting. So let's have a look at some of the more dramatic suggestions. Car chase followed by a shootout, proposed Nicholas Nitsua. Driving farm machinery, offered Lovejoy Acorn Clayton. Don't worry, dear, I know what I'm doing. I drove something similar in the war. Trampled as she falls from her horse, 
trying out the new cross-country course at Lillian's behest was Jill Austin's contribution. Hannah Keir had a more contemporary suggestion. Accident while performing a TikTok challenge. Gotta be. Nick Max has clearly been giving the matter a great deal of thought. Her conclusion? Chased by the villagers of Ambridge, toting pitchforks, stake through the heart and head removed, her ashes then sent to Darrington. Hmm. And there were plenty of other suggestions in what turned out to be the biggest debate of the week. In other Peggy-related discussion, our own Sue Lee asked who we might see as Peggy's successor as Queen of Ambridge. Peter Bradford was surprised at the question. I've always assumed Linda was Queen of Ambridge, he said. But Sue quickly pointed out how impossible this was. She's an incomer. And indeed she is, having been in Ambridge for little more than a third of a century. Sandra Jenkinson tentatively suggested Jill, while Tim Jones-Yelvington dug deeply into the question. I haven't been listening long enough to fully appreciate what sort of character archetype Peggy falls into, he said. By Queen, are we looking for a salt-of-the-earth matriarch who holds families and relationships together, in which case I'd say Ruth or Pat, or someone a little more brittle, that people look to with a combination of respect and slightly fearful awe? But in the end, there was a clear consensus. It'll be Jennifer. We were also able to clear up a question from Justine Louboutin von Offenbach, who asked whether Peggy was still financing Christine's residency at the Laurels, after Matt Crawford swindled her out of thousands of pounds a year a few years back. The answer, provided by Sandra, Sue England and Lynn Rafferty, was no. Christine is paying, with help from her son Peter. And, in addition to her usual Fantasy Saturday episode, Marilyn Wright posted a fantasy conversation between Pat and Tony, all about something Peggy said. To see that, and all the non-Peggy content that we discussed this week, including further speculation about the new owners of Grey Gables, pictures of artisan pizza vans seen in the wild, and how many of us have been at least tempted to key an inconsiderately parked car, just head over to the Dumpty Dum Facebook group. And with that, I'll hand you back to the studio. Thank you for that, Stephen. And thank you for everyone who's posted their thoughts about June Spencer on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group. But if we're talking about Facebook Maybe it's time we should welcome our new Facebook members, and we had quite a few this week. Uh, yep, and well, welcome to these Facebook members. Lucy Jade Rice. Jeff Thomas. Kate Miller Mavrudi. Scarlett Jane. Ian James Bell. Jan Booth. Stacey Cullum. Alison Philby. Kathleen M. Jones. And Belinda Clef. Is this your dog's walk time? And they've gone, wait a minute, you're not supposed to be doing dum-de-dum at the moment. You're supposed to be walking me. Exactly. I've normally been back for an hour by now, so they're more than overdue. Plus, the the next-door neighbours have been on holiday and their dog's back in the garden, so everybody has to talk to each other all the time. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Recounting his canine exploits whilst being on holiday to your pooch. Exactly. So you can find us on Twitter under at Dumtidum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A, so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your gateway to the tweet along. Also, try and include at Dumtidum in your tweets so more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing. As well as Dumpty Dum on Twitter, you can find me on there, and I'm at Jberto Sanguen. 
S-T-G-U-E-N. So if we're talking Twitter, it's time for Tweet of the Week from our Theo, the Purple Pumpkin. Hello, Royfield, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. The Twitter stream went off topic a lot this week and was a bit grumpy about the archers, maybe reflecting the heat in the UK or perhaps the stress of hearing Russ describe himself as an appropriate adult. The thread I recommend taking a look at this week was started by Martin at Welsh underscore tenor, who said he managed to get six weeks behind with the archers and had a big binge of listening, so he created a spreadsheet worthy of Roy Tucker listing favourites and not-so-favourites. A lot of people have joined in with their views on his conclusions. Now to the medal winners for this week. In bronze position, it's a tweet from Audrey Ann at Ms underscore touch shriek. Pat feels comfortable with juice. It's almost like soup. In silver, it's Julian Smith at the starchers with whatever, I'll suck it up, said Chelsea, which coincidentally is Summer Orchard's slogan. And in gold, it's regular medalist Little Kim at Little Kim. I've come across plenty of wayward teenagers. I bet you have, Russ. I bet you have. That's it for this week. See you all again at the next Tweet Along. Thank you for that much, Lee, Theo. And if you're talking the socials, or at least social media, don't forget we are also on Instagram. So you can find us there where we're at dum-de-dum and it's actually kind of quite taking off i love it on instagram if yeah me you, too it is utterly wonderful katie's doing a fantastic job on there so if you haven't done so already please follow us on instagram yeah and there's a new post up today which includes the at dumpty dum hashtag title which was put up by shambridges talking Ooh. about all the great podcasts about the archers so it's a mixed promotion <laughs> well so, so even more reason to get over there and uh, and just whilst we there we're basking in our bbc radio times glory because we were mentioned in, in that as well uh, this week well actually you were with a photograph of quinton and and philippa <laughs> so well done royfield you've got your desserts <laughs> but uh, yes but uh, yes Whoever wrote the article, I think they wrote it about two years ago and just pulled it out of mothballs, not knowing yeah, that things agreed. had somewhat changed. Yeah. But it was uh, nice to get a mention. It was brilliant, and it's brought in loads of new people, So, which is, which is what we need. That's our community. Absolutely. So, as ever, thanks to all our contributors, especially the cast members that joined us today, and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices, and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy V. Freeman, who got two mentions in that article in the Radio Times. And also many thanks to PNQ for their sterling work in the last year. There you go. So it's only right and proper and fitting that we started with a scene from June Spencer, a.k.a. Peggy Woolley. So we're going to end with one now. Take care, everyone. See you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. It's so important to Ambridge. It's where we celebrate important birthdays, weddings, the milestones of our lives. It put Jack right at the heart of a community he was already so fond of. Are you saying I should do the same? Forget about New York and make a new life here? Oh, I wouldn't presume to tell you what to do, Oliver. 
I'm simply echoing what I'm sure a lot of others, like Ed and Emma, are saying. Of course you must consider your family. Family is important. But there are plenty of people who think that Ambridge is where you really belong. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.